You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with Cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. All right, it is our Husker season preview episode tonight. We were going to put this out last night, but we decided to wait... A, an extra day because Dan Lust, the uh, sports attorney out there, we thought he was going to have some breaking news. He's been hyping a, a top secret project that is going to make Nebraska fans happy and might not be so well received by the Big Ten. So we thought it was going to be some huge news. Well, what a fucking dud that was. <laughs> Derek, what did you think about this announcement? It, it ended up being a fucking movie, man. Well, you know, it, it, I, it it looks interesting. It definitely wasn't worth waiting an extra night for, though. I can't believe we're even talking about it on a podcast, to be honest with you. You going to watch it? Yeah, if, if it's free, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, what are your thoughts here? My thoughts are we're going to be explicit this week. You have two F-bombs in the first minute of this episode. Should we start over? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it, it was it was really lame. I mean, I, I get what he was you know, now looking back, I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to, uh, you know, get all the, get all the excitement up, you know, send out tweets and get garner all this stuff. But in the end, he was just promoting a movie. It it wasn't anything that we thought it was going to be. I guess we thought, uh, with his sports being a sports attorney and his stature, you know, in his field, it was going to be something different, (laughs) not, not pushing a movie, but yeah, that was a that was kind of a letdown. Uh, well, you know, I've heard I heard rumors like, will the Nebraska be suing the Big Ten for something sure. and all that stuff? And and when I was hearing those rumors, I didn't like that. I was like, God, I just I don't want any more drama with the Big Ten, like especially with all this conference realignment going on. Like, I don't need us to get booted out of the Big Ten and you know be without a home. And and so I'm glad it's nothing like that. But yeah, I mean, it was. It definitely wasn't worth uh, holding off on this. Probably our most anticipated, or among our most anticipated episodes of the year. But uh, you know, let's let's get into it. Well, we haven't seen a movie yet. We could still get kicked out of the Big Ten. Well, you know, I mean, I I, I just think it's kind of goofy. You know, after everything that happened last year, you know, Nebraska was not popular by any stretch of the imagination. And then even Scott Frost, he kind of alluded to that during Big Ten media days. You know, he kind of wishes that he would have done things a little bit different back then uh, because it it became a distraction. Nebraska became a distraction to the, the media. And I don't know what this is going to do. It's, it's not like the University of Nebraska is behind this. But I, I don't know. It's, it's just like unnecessary i guess at this time it is what it is i mean unless they reveal something completely stunning it's more of a hit piece on kevin warren right that that's what it is it's not gonna i don't know if it's gonna make nebraska hero it looks like it's just gonna target kevin warren so maybe everybody rallies around that but let's get into the husker season preview uh we're gonna start with uh where it all begins and that's gonna be the quarterbacks um adrian martinez he returns for his fourth year here uh after his freshman season, he's hasn't done quite as well as what we thought he would. 71% passing last year. Tyler, we're going to turn it over to you first. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I think that that's where it begins. I mean, one thing about Adrian Martinez is if you haven't been paying attention to fall camp, he is coming in leaner. 
He is coming in appearing to be more athletic. Um, you know, last year we we talked about this at length about how good a competition was for Adrian Martinez. Well, there does not appear to be any real competition. It is his show. He's getting the reps. And by all accounts, he's thriving under this. Um, I really do. I think we are going to see the best Adrian Martinez we've seen to date. Derek? I, I tend to agree. Uh, but it's, but we've thought this every year. So, it's of course, I'm in Kool-Aid mode right now. So, I want to believe all of that. I think leaning down has made him a step faster, which is awesome. But can, can we continue with the 71% completion percentage, uh, completion percentage and get the ball down the field a little bit better? Yeah. Or, or at least if we're doing short dump passes, can we get enough blocking scheme to get some yardage out of them? So, I, I mean, I think everyone's really excited about him leaning down, and I am too, but can I ask you guys, is there any apprehension with him leaning down, especially if they plan on running him at all like they have his first three years because you know he he at least the last couple of years he kind of bulked up and one of the thought processes to kind of handle the beating a little bit but um you, you know he's been running the ball 13 to 15 times a game i mean i i had this stat written down and I, I don't have it right in front of me but i think in his career of games he started and finished he has like two starts under 10 carries like he is consistently a double digit carry type guy and you know, 10, 15 pounds lighter. Does that make you guys nervous at all if he's going to be carrying a lot? So, so It does for me, and that's because of the uh, current situation we have with our backups right now. I don't know where uh, we're going to be sitting headed into uh, the first game. Probably Smothers is going to be that guy, I guess. Uh, they say that he's looking better at his throwing motion. The few video clips I have seen of him, I, he, he looks serviceable now, I guess. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, it, it scares me. But you know what? This is Adrian Martinez. It's kind of we're in a catch twenty two when we deal with Adrian Martinez. He's not going to light you up through the air throwing downfield like what Derek was talking about. We want to see that better. All, all the things that he passes, it's all you know, just the short yardage, you know, dump offs, whatever. But where he makes his money for Nebraska is with his legs. So what what do we want to see? You know, I mean, are we going to try to take away? Or do we expect the coaches to take away his best asset, which is his legs, that gains us, you know, how many yards rushing? Uh, he, he led Nebraska in rushing last year, and he's, you know, what is he, second in 2019 in rushing? I mean, th- that is his greatest asset. If his arm was better downfield, and it may be here in the fall, maybe he has a better arm. Uh, some of the hype videos that the University of Nebraska is putting out right now, which are awesome. Uh, it looks like he's throwing downfield a lot better. He's got bigger targets. So I, 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 I don't know at the end of the day what I really want to see. Do you take away his best asset, which is legs, or you know, do you just trust him throwing deep, which I, I don't know, man. I'll say this. I, I don't know that leaning down has anything to do with taking away some of his running. It, it's all on the backups. Like That's why you're going gonna to take away some of his running. You're you're not worried about him leaning down as long as he doesn't get his ankle alligator rolled like he did against Colorado in year one. I, I have no problem with him being leaner, but you you have to stop running him so much because I mean, do we really trust Logan Smothers or Henrik Harburg right now? I mean, none of us do. That's the catch twenty two, man. 
I mean, what do well, you do? So, so it really has nothing to do with them leaning down to me. Like that, that's not my concern. My concern is all in the backups. Like, yeah, you got You can't let them run 10, 15 times a game, I don't think. And I think the coaches know this. And that's why, I, I mean, even Ryan Held mentioned it today that he needs his running backs to do better because they can't afford to have Adrian being the leading rusher. Well, and Derek, I agree with you, and I, I, I don't. Well, I agree with you that the backups are probably the bigger concern there than the lean down. But I do think the lean down might be a sign that maybe the coaches are actually going to do this. I feel like one of you know Frost has a lot of popular sayings that he kind of gets cri- critical about, but one of which is we need to stop running our quarterback so much. I feel like he's been saying that for three years. Uh, maybe this is a sign that he means it. But to your point, Justin, about it being a catch twenty two, that is one of Adrian's best assets. Like, I think that, to me, it's not about limiting his carries every game. It's about being more strategic about it. And and maybe that's going to be in spite of us looking better in some of these games against worse opponents. For example, maybe we limited against Illinois, and instead of beating them by two to three touchdowns, if we ran Adrian normal, maybe it's a little bit tighter game. And your least favorite saying is like, what are you saving it for? But maybe they are actually saving it for the heart of Big Ten when you need Adrian to be healthy and explosive at that point in the season and, and can keg it 12, 15 times a game. Yeah, you got to pick your battles, right? I mean, just you got to know when to run them, know when to fold them, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like limit first quarter carries, watch the game flow, and use it a little bit more strategic in the third, fourth quarter when you need those big plays or third. Like, I mean... That, that's what I really hope to see out of it. I mean, the people that say, well, I don't want him to run design runs with him, I, I hate that take. Limit him, but that's a great play call if you're Scott Frost. Like, why would you not run one of your most effective plays that you have at Nebraska, which is a design quarterback run with Adrian Martinez? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you have to call that a couple times a game. Yeah, you, you, have to, you have to take the shot because at the end, it's all about wins, you know, and and it makes it, makes us nervous when he runs because of the backups because you're not feeling as optimistic about the season moving down the line if something does happen to adrian he's out for a couple of games right it doesn't matter who that opponent is ultimately you know maybe fordham but i mean headed down the line you're not feeling good about nebraska's chances about any of those games without adrian martinez at the helm right oh absolutely i i look we could probably win fordham and buffalo without adrian that's it. Like the rest of the games, I'm not confident we could win without Adrian at all. Yeah. He's. I, I think you guys are being a little bit harsh on. I mean, again, Logan, it, it, the backup quarterback is, is a s- scary scenario. I, I don't know if it's. It's a huge drop off, dude. I mean, huge I mean, if, drop if, off. If, I, if I'm sitting here thinking that Purdue could be a three touchdown game, is Adrian Martinez three touchdowns better than Logan Smothers? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I. I I, do you really think that Logan Smothers is pushing Adrian Martinez at all? Last year in camp, no. I, I went back and I was uh, Ken wanted to see what the uh, coaches were saying about the quarterback battle last year, and it was all about we got two quarterbacks that can start, and they're in a high fierce competition. This year, there, there's no comp- there's there's no competition at all. I mean, they're not even entertaining the thought that there's a competition there. Uh, well, here, here's the thing: my mind can change on this. Maybe after Illinois, Fordham, and Buffalo, when I've hopefully hopefully seen at least all three of these quarterbacks, or at least two of them, I'd like to have seen all three of them at the, at that point. Because man, if you're not wasting 
Fordham and Buffalo, I, it's probably going to be a long season. Well, and Derek, I think the other piece is not, again, the backups you want to see in those snaps, but to me it's about what we're about to get to is going to be talking about the running backs. Like, what do we have at running back? Like, if, if our running back's the same situation as been under Scott Frost, then, yeah, that quarterback there, if one of these guys steps up and they, they are a, you know, Amir Abdullah and they start putting, like, an all-conference type season, you start getting that in the line, and, and or, or defense is really as good as some of the fans think it could be, you, you maybe think you could take that blow a little bit better. We'll talk about the running backs here in a second. I want to ask you guys a question here. Uh, Adrian Martinez in 2018, he averaged 238 yards passing a game. In 2019, he averaged 196 yards passing a game. In 2020, it was down to 151 yards passing a game. With all the talent that uh, he has around him right now with the wide receiver core, will he average more than 250 yards a game this year? Tyler? More than two fifty, I will guess. say yes. I will say yes. I think I think he goes slightly over that. Um, I you know if Adrian Martinez starts twelve games, I think he has a three thousand yard passing season, and that that's what that two fifty comes out to be in. Um, so yeah, I, I would go a slight slight over there. Mm. I, I would probably go a slight under. I would see him throwing about twenty six, twenty seven hundred yards. I and I think he's going to pull up a lot of yards in Fordham and buffalo but i also think you'll get pulled early in those games uh he'll come up with a lot of yards against illinois because he always has but when we start playing a team like uh wisconsin is he gonna have a ton of yards probably not is he gonna have a ton of yards against oklahoma or ohio state i mean i don't know probably not so those could very easily kill his average yeah i'm going i'm going under on that one as well i mean i just I'm kind of with Derek with the uh, in that ballpark. I, I, would, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go much under. Like I, I could see him getting getting back to the two thirty eight. I just don't know if I could see him going over two fifty. Yeah, that that three thousand mark is that, that's tough right there. Uh, all right, let's talk about running backs here, Derek. I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, talk about the running backs. You know, it, this is the position that everybody's concerned about, and, and, and rightfully so. Uh, but this is the first time I can remember where we started off a fall camp where there was five guys in contention for a starting job. Like, it shows you there's depth there. I, the problem is we don't know what any of them can actually do. Uh, you know, Gabe Irvin, Sevian Morrison, Marquis Step, those are the three that sound like they're kind of taking the brunt of the first team reps by, by at least according to Sean Callahan, that's he kind of mentioned that today. I don't think Marvin Scott's going to fall by the wayside. Ramirez Johnson. I, that guy might transfer before we even start a game. I don't know. It's I, yeah. I have, I haven't heard nothing out of him and I just would not shock me if he ended up transferring out. Yaquez Yant or Jaquez Yant. So I, I heard a rumor that he was lining up at fullback. Today and that yeah, and if that, and if that is the, the truth, line. if that is the truth, man, there's gonna be a lot of happy Husker fans because he's got the size to be a fullback. There ain't no doubt about it. I don't think Scott Frost believed in fullback, so he does now. I mean, you have a 250 pound running back. Like, I mean, again, he's 250 right now. I, yeah. I, 
you know, you bring up Ramir Johnson, and, and, and you're right. Maybe he does fall by the wayside. He might be as athletic of a running back as we have on this roster. And I think that's the thing. You know, do I think, you know, Ramir Johnson is going to start? No, I don't think he's starting day one. Could there be a role for him? I think, you know, it is obviously we are very, very interested who is going to be that starting running back. Like, obviously, that's what we care about. But to me, almost as important as who ends up getting that spot and how productive they are is what does that rotation look like? Um, You know, do they go two guys? Do they go three guys? Do they go four guys? I mean, you know you're, they're not going five-guy rotation. Like, well, I hope they didn't go four. I, I think four is entirely too many. Three is probably a little bit too many. Well, when I say rotation, I guess what I mean is, do you see four running backs taking any meaningful snaps? Like, I think there needs to be a guy, and there needs to be a guy taking sixty percent of the carries. If you want to say, "Hey, we're going to use Yon in really short yardage situations," and that's really his role, he's going to come in three, four times a game, handle goal line. Like that, that to me is in the rotation, but he has a very specific purpose. It's if you want to use Ramir Johnson, maybe as a uh, third down back. And kind of in like the, hey, we have one guy that can go out there and make plays in open field. Like, that's in the rotation. But, I mean, but the bottom line is there's going to be a guy that we expected decent things from that's not going to touch the field unless injuries or blowouts. And that's I guess I have a different definition of rotation. I mean, you're talking about situational guys. I don't know yeah, if that's... I mean, getting, play, getting mean, okay, meaningful playing time. Meaningful pl- snaps, I guess, is what I, I would... Maybe that's what four guys getting meaningful snaps. I could see up to that. I, I will say this: uh, Ryan Held sent a very, very clear message, and I, you can all assume who these, this message was to, but he sent a very clear message today when he told them they're either going to have to pick it up or get left behind. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know who that was said to directly, but my first thought when he said it was Ramirez Johnson. Well, you know, it could be Marvin Scott because coming out of the spring, you know, I th- at least for me, I thought Marvin Scott was going to be our number one guy headed into the fall. I thought he had a great spring game. I thought he had a great spring. But you, we're not hearing a lot of Marvin Scott out of the fall camp here. He's, and, he, and he's he's a very good possibility too. I like, mean, yeah, it, it's been it's been a mostly a Gabe Irvin and Marquise Step show so far, and then it wasn't till this week. That we started getting all this Sevian Morrison, uh, the run that he's getting right now. And you know, there's a couple of videos I, I that he looks good. You can go back and listen to the spring game pre or uh, post game that we talked. I, I told you guys then, I thought Sevian Morrison played well in that. Yeah. I, I thought he looked good doing in that game. But it, was, it seemed like he was just kind of buried uh, with his, not his opportunities, but like with the teams that he was playing with at the, at the end, you know? I mean, he wasn't getting any first team reps. Is what I'm looking, you know, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, how it shakes out, I will tell you a guy that I'm excited about that he's getting in this is Step. I, I really do. You know, I think they brought him in for a reason. And while Gabe Irvin has a lot of promise and a lot of things that get me excited, I think Marquis Step probably has the highest upside right now. Like, I Can think he if there's a, a guy future that, running back, though. I don't. I don't know. At two thirty, I mean. He's a pretty big boy. I, Divine I don't Zippo know how, did it. Divine Zippo did it, it, and that's a similar size. It. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm, I'm just curious. Because remember, even Divine Zippo didn't come in until game three or four and start being effective. Yeah. Who who are you highest on 
the most out of these running backs uh, so so far from what you're hearing? Who's who's your number one guy, Derek? Probably Gabe Irvin. Gabe Irvin. Tyler, you got a guy? I mean, I, I would go. I mean, who, who do I think is number one? I, I really couldn't tell you. I will say it with no conviction. The guy that I believe has the, you know, if I said who has the best chance to be a thousand plus yard rusher, I think it is Marquis Stepp. I think asking a true freshman, um, not that Gabe Irvin was a terrible high school recruit, but he wasn't like a upper, you know, four star. I think to ask a kid at that level to come in and be a thousand yard rusher is tough. Um, so, Sevian Morrison, so he could, he could do. I think Step has the best chance to be a thousand yard rusher. You actually okay? So you do think that there's a guy that's could get a thousand yards? Well, no, tw- but I think he has the best chance. Ah, okay, I, I, okay. I, I, be, be, be caveat. I don't. I don't. I would. I know this is probably where you're going. I don't think we have a thousand yard rusher on this roster. I, I don't think there's a nine hundred yard rusher on this roster. Which, which is all the more reason that if Gabe Irvin has a step ahead of these guys, not to start him, because you're not expecting him to get a thousand yards this season. So just get him the experience and get him as many carries as you can. So Derek, do you think we have a thousand yard rusher this year at running back? Probably not. Yeah. Do you guys think that Scott Frost is going to really commit to the uh, run by running backs this year? I hope so. I mean, we, I, I, yes, I do. I, I really do think he will because Scott Frost isn't dumb and he knows that the season is junk without, without Adrian Martinez. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do believe that he's going to start giving the ball to running backs a lot more because he doesn't have a choice. Tyler, I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I mean, what are the options? The options are you run the quarterback 15 times, which we already hit that. That's probably not a week-in, week-out tactic. Um, or you throw 45 times a game. And I don't think that we are positioned to do that. So, I, I mean, it, it's not even it's, – it's not very likely you're going to do that in Nebraska – with any quarterback, with the with the winds we end up with, fair, fair enough. I mean, but the, you but start the, getting twenty, thirty mile an hour winds down that field. You're not going to. It would be stupid to throw it forty times a game. Oh, fair enough. I guess where I'm going is, and the other piece of it is, I think you got to lean into the defense, and I think that Frost knows this is the best defense. Not only he's had in Nebraska, this is probably the best defense that he's ever coached. Like this is probably better than any Oregon defense he had. When he was there, it's definitely better than UCF. Like, this is probably the best defense he's coached. And, you know, he may not get a defense like this for a few more years. Like, I don't know if this defense is going to be better in 2022. Like, I think that he, he'll he take the four yards of carry. And, and again, when you talk about who gets the spot, ball security. Ball security is probably going to come down to it. Like, you can't you can't be fumbling. Like, he, you, you can't <laughs> no. be doing it. But you, but you also can't be going out there throwing it three, three incomplete passes and punting. No, like, the, the, and this is a year that Scott Frost has got to start playing the control the clock, control the game situations a little bit more. Yeah, Tyler, you're talking about ball security. Uh, we were talking about that video earlier today with Jordan Riley, and he popped Gabe Irvin there, and that ball squeezed out right there. And I kind of like, you know, my little half-ass quip there was, was like, well, there goes his starting position. I mean, because you're right. Turnovers uh, turnovers has been deadly for Nebraska. Do, do you guys know? I, I will say this. Jordan Riley hammered him. He did. Like, yeah. yeah it was, that was a hellacious hit. Like, it was, that was 
God, I, I couldn't even get. I wouldn't even be able to get up from that head. I mean, I hated seeing it. Like, I loved seeing it, but I hated seeing it. Like, a guy, our number one running back, just getting, like, absolutely demolished. Like, like I feel like I heard the offensive line and the players go, oh! Like, I feel like I heard them. Like, <laughs> like oh, maybe we should have blocked him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know where Nebraska finished in turnover margin in the Big Ten last year? Last place. Yeah. Last place at minus 11. Hey, Phil Steele talks about that. It, it's unlikely to do that two years in a row. It's, it, it's the problem is Nebraska's done it for like eight years in a row. Well, <laughs> this is yeah. our year. This is our year. When, when's the last time that Nebraska's finished in the positive side in turnover margin? Do you guys know? Believe it or not, I believe it was 2016. 2016? When we went one I nine wins? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. No, if I if I'm wrong on that, I apologize. But I but I think 2016 was the last time that happened. It's it's been a while. Uh, all right, let's t- let's move on. Let's talk about the wide receivers here. The wide receivers. This is uh, outside of the quarterback situation. There, everybody's hyped up for these wide receivers. Uh, if you listen to Matt Lubick, you know he's talking about that. You know we could even be three deep at this position. Uh, you know, I mean, God, we we got six guys. I, I think if we had a depth chart, I mean, God, it, it's it's an easy one to find six dudes to be in your two deep, right? Tyler, what do you think about this wide receiver group? Lots of talent. Um, you know, I mean, I, I just to hit some of the names, Samori Tori coming in uh, from Montana. Um, obviously, a lot of people have him pointed as possibly the number one wide receiver. He's playing slot. He's been making great plays during camp. He looks great. Omar Manning, former number one Juco wide receiver, seems to actually be finding a spot. Like this time last year, it was a weird fall camp, but you didn't hear this. You didn't see him in pads. You really, for the people that believed Omar Manning was going to be something, there's evidence. Um, Oliver Martin, Xavier Betts, Alante Brown, Levi Falk, um, Will Nixon all seem to be factors in this um, wide receiver room. The bottom line is with the wide receivers, the talent is there. Um, the, the question is, is the experience there? Like there isn't much proven in that room heading into 2021. Um, I, I'm excited. I think, I think this is a position group that will get better as the season goes on. I don't know if you're going to see it be game one hitting every little nuance that you wanted to hit. Um, fortunately we start with a pretty weak schedule, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that that is going to be a position group that you will see get better as the season goes on. I mean, our leading returning receiver, Xavier Betts, with 131 yards and one touchdown. And Alani Brown, uh, he had 41 yards. Oh, Levi Falk, I'm sorry. He, uh, he had 122 yards. I know Lure should be in there, right? Yeah, a catch. Lever? Yeah. Lever. I don't know. Was that was that technically a catch or was that behind the line of scrimmage when he caught that touchdown? God, I don't know. I'm just looking at Phil Steele's stats. It, it was a it was a catch. Okay. It, it it was behind the line of scrimmage, but it was a forward pass. It was still a catch. Alright, so Phil it, it just it just uh I, I fact checked myself here. So Nebraska was minus eleven and twenty. In 2019, they were at zero, so they, they finished even on turnover margin. Uh, 2018, they were minus two. 
2017, they were minus 7, and 2016, they were plus 5. Okay. So I, w- I was correct on but, but but not as bad as I think I would have expected some of those margins to look no, like. No, it really wasn't. I, I thought 2018 and 19 were probably a little worse than what they were. Yeah, last year was not great. And, but and part, and part of the problem was last year, I mean, as much as we like to complain about how bad our offense turned the ball over, it was just as bad defensively where we just didn't create turnovers at all. Right. Derek, size up this wide receiver room. What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? What do I like about it? I like the fact that all these guys are well over six foot tall and are bigger bigger targets for Adrian Martinez. Because uh, he could throw 50-50 balls and have a good chance to come, that these guys can come down with him now. And that's something he didn't have before. Not, or at least not as many. Uh, you know, as much as I loved Wondell Robinson, that guy was, what, like 5'10", 5'11". And he wasn't five much nine. taller than <laughs> five nine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was just, he was a very short guy. Like he just he, and it, you you couldn't throw a fifty fifty ball to him because the odds of him getting it weren't very great. Uh, so so yeah, I, I love the fact that you got the tall right receivers. Obviously, I don't love the inexperience. Uh, Samori Torrey was a beast, but it was an FCS. Uh, Omar Manning was a beast, but it was in a junior college. Oliver Martin. I mean, yeah, he played some last year, but it wasn't a ton. Uh, the, the, the other one good thing I'll say is the fact that all of these guys outside of Samori Torrey now have a full year in the system. All these guys played last year. Not, I mean, whether it was a little bit or a lot, okay, so be it. But they now have, full, they have a little bit of games to play in, like Xavier Betts. Like Xavier Betts, I mean, I, I, that guy I still think is going to be one of our best wide receivers Possibly of all time by the time it's all said and done. Uh, but he's got a year under his belt. And now he's got another, he's got a spring and a fall coming up. He's got a chance. He's not going to be a starter, most likely. So he's got, there's not a lot of pressure on him to be that guy Wait, did right you, now. You don't think Xavier Betts will start this year? I don't think so. Really? I think he'll get a lot of, I think he'll get a lot of playing time, but I don't see him starting, though. Okay. I, I think your three starters are Samori Torrey, Omar Manning, and Oliver Martin. Tyler, you agree with that? I, I tend to agree. And I, I want to just add a um, little stat, uh, maybe the stat, my stat of the night. So, Derek, you mentioned the height of these wide receivers. So this is, uh, with, if you count in tight ends, I know we're going to get there. The, the, the fifth average tall, the, the fifth tallest average group of pass catchers in the Big Ten since 2016. The four teams that are ahead of us all average 9.3 wins. So there's something to be said about having a little bit bigger group of wide receivers, athletic, and what they can do for the win column. So um, interest, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to credit Arbitrary Analytics on Twitter for that stat. But yeah, I mean, it was, a. I, I, I really do. I think that there's something to be said about maybe this group and what it could become as the season unfolds. Well, and it's very clear that this staff is wanting to go after these bigger wide receivers now. Like, you look at like it's like we mentioned Wondell Robinson, you know, even Alani Brown, he's five ten. Will Nixon's five eleven. those guys were kind of the guys they were going for before they started going after these bigger wide receivers. Uh, I mean, I what was Marcus Fleming? I don't think he was real tall either. Before he's he, like I mean, five nine. I think yeah. he was a short guy. 
So it appears that there's definitely an overhaul of what they wanted to do in this wide receiver room. And it's the second time that Scott Frost has had to re- overhaul this this room. So I, I, right now I think it's looking pretty good with some transfers and some junior college guys. Uh, you know what? It is, it is what it is. We, we have to see it on the field, though. Tyler? I know, I, know, I know that's where Justin's going to go with this. We have to see it on the field. And he's right. Tyler, do we have a 1,000-yard receiver on this roster? Hell no. We've only had one in the history of Nebraska. I, I mean, I, I don't think we have an 800-yard wide receiver in this room this year. So, Moritori, is it going to get 800 for you? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think you're going to see a lot. You know, this this may be wishful thinking. I mean, there is you talk about things you need to see. There's no real evidence of this, but I I really do think Adrian's gonna spread the ball around a lot more. I don't. I think Smoritore is gonna lead. I I don't think he's gonna get 800 even. I think he's gonna be a little bit under that. But you're gonna see a few guys um, put up some decent numbers. I think you're gonna see a lot of guys get those catches this year. Derek, what do you think? I think Smoritore will get close to a thousand. I think he'll be well over 800. He's going to be our uh, biggest target, right? I mean, he's going to have the most Absolutely. catches, right? And most targets. I mean, that's, that's, I mean unless, unless, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Scott Frost has kind of given up play calling to Matt Lubick, and if, unless he's changing things up, that the last th- three years we have thrown to that slot receiver probably 60% of the time. Yeah, and if he's playing slot receiver, there's no reason to think that he's not going to end up with a ton of catches. So Wandale Robinson, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Last year, he had 51 catches. The next leading receiver was a tight end, Austin Allen, with 18. When you go down, I mean Xavier Betts was uh, the next wide receiver with the most catches, and that was 12. 51 to Wandale. And, and and I get that, and 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 that's a really great stat. I think that the when you say, well, the second was eighteen. I think that 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 is where the shortened season kind of like okay, let's remember if that would have been a full season, that probably turns into thirty six, um, you know, and and that that's not a terrible number two wide receiver. I think that you think about Wandale that he could have been tracking towards a hundred reception type season. Um, I mean, that's a lot of utilization that you saw out of him, and we're gonna miss him. I I know. It's easy to scoff and say, I mean, I think we will miss him. Man, I would have loved to have seen him. I mean, I don't know if Samori Torrey is a natural slot wide receiver or if they just tried to make the best of the situation of needing to fill that. I think that's, I don't know if we'll know that, but if you could have put Wandale at the slot and you could have put Torrey and Omar on the outsides, like that would have been to me a little bit more uh, better lineup. To, to add to what you're saying there, Tyler, it's almost like, it's like well, okay, Samori Torre, well, you're the most talented and most experienced receiver that we have. We like to throw to the slot. How would you like to play the slot? You know, he, he's got the evidence. He's got all the catches and the yards. You're right. I mean, it, probably not natural, but, I mean, he's tearing it up so far. It's a Hopefully it's a smooth transition once we uh, get into Big Ten play. But... There's no there's no other person that's experienced on the roster at wide receiver, so I, I think that is interesting there. 
Well, and I think that he, I think he translates the slot best of the options. Like, I mean, if you want to say Elante Brown would be a really good slot wide receiver, Will Nixon, like, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think the problem is, is in my opinion, you're looking at those two guys as probably the sixth and seventh option. And it's like, do you really want to start your sixth best wide receiver? Like, probably not. Like, so you, you got to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that I could see, I don't think Tory will be like limited in a bubble. I think you'll see enough rotation where you'll see him in different places. Um, it looks certainly by some of the highlights, you've seen him on the outside. Like right. some of the passes you've seen, you've seen him move around. Um, and I think that's great. I think to have a guy that can, again, Wanda, I don't think could go outside. I don't think he, I don't think you could really move him around a lot um, as far as wide receiver. Obviously we know we, we could do running the ball, but yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting. I guess a question for you guys, Justin, you've been asking, last year, the last couple of years, we've seen wide receivers carry a lot of balls out of the backfield. Do, do we see that much this year? Do we see Will Nixon, Alante Brown, Torrey, whoever it is? You, How many carries a game do you see out of that wide receiver room? How pissed off would you be if you're running back? That running back room is deep, and they're giving carries to wide receivers? I, I'm not gonna like that at all. So I, I hopefully not many. I mean, I don't know who you would it, give it to. It, Maybe it, Xavier Betts. I mean, that worked great in uh, was a Penn State game. It was a yeah. pass. Yeah. Okay. It was a pop pass. Come on. Yeah. It was as much a run as it was anything. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Derek. I mean. It, it's going to happen. I mean, it's part of this offense. They're they're going to run some uh, jet sweeps. They're going to run some end rounds. It's it's just part of the part of the offense that they they run. Well, I think Will Nixon uh, is a great candidate but, for that because that's he did that I, yeah, in high school. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Alante Brown is probably a good candidate for it. I think he would do just fine with it. Uh, but but the rest of these guys, I, I mean, Oliver Martin's fast enough. I. I just don't know. Is that guy? Is that is that the six one, six two, whatever he is? Is that the guy you want coming around for a little handoff or a pop pass? No, I, <laughs> I wouldn't think so. So, so, so I, I would say it's going to be limited this year. I don't think it's. I don't think you're going to see it as predominant in, in, in this year's offense as we did last year or or in the last couple of years. No, because I mean, I think I, I think the Husk R position's kind of dying. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to tight end right now. Uh, one of the things that was uh, hitting up Twitter and some message boards on my nights are getting messed up. Uh, Monday night, I guess it was, is that uh, you know there's a couple injuries there. Uh, I maybe shit, maybe it was last night, yesterday. Anyway, whatever it was, Austin Allen and uh, Travis Vokalek being hurt, and, and you know the rumors are that Travis Vokalek, you know. Maybe a significant injury uh, out four to six weeks. Uh, the coaching staff did not say anything about that today. Neither Austin Allen or Travis Vokalek were at practice today for the media. They were nowhere to be found. So maybe there is something more to that. Uh, Tyler, you said that uh, Steve Sippel alluded to a significant injury there. Uh, shoot. What does that do to this tight end group, uh, Derek? Well, it absolutely hurts it. I, I don't know if it devastates it because Austin Allen sounds like it was pretty, pretty minor from what 
from what the rumors are talking about. So you're not worried about losing him. Uh, I know. I know Tyler's been really had a big hard on for all these uh, two tight end sets, and it might go. That might go away. Like you may not see as many of those as Tyler was hoping to see. Blue balls. Well, you know, I, I I may have wanted to see it, Derek. I I I, but I think about a week and a half ago, even before this, you know, when I think it was Big Ten Media was there, they were talking about watch out for these Nebraska tight ends, and and I think we all know that this tight end group is really good. But I, I when they were talking about them, like we're not going to see two tight end sets. I just I I just didn't think so. We were going to, and maybe, so maybe, maybe if Fedoni stays healthy, maybe you see a little more of that. But yeah. I agree. I think that's a great take. I think if he would have been healthy, there's a shot more of it. But I think when where you were looking, I don't think we're going to see a lot. So with with Vokalik, if he's out for let's just say just the Illinois game, I I think we'll be fine. Obviously, you need one of those guys. And I think Austin Allen is the better of the two tight ends. I think that he is drastically underrated in the Big Ten. Yeah. Like I don't know why yeah. he's not being mentioned more for all conference honors. I think he is that type of player. Um. I think Volkluck is not far behind him either. I, I think they – I mean, I know Jake Ferguson is the, the standard in the Big Ten, and rightfully so, but I I don't know if there's a better one-two punch at tight end in the Big Ten. I, I feel comfortable right. about it. Be a little be a little weary of uh, counting Chris Hickman out too. Like, I know he hasn't shined so far, but he's a four-star kid coming out of high school. I don't think his talent just went away. I'm excited his for biggest, him. I'm excited for his, him to get an opportunity. Problem, I think his biggest problem has been more moving to wide receiver, back to tight end, back to wide receiver, back to tight end. Now, now that he's strictly a tight end, like I could see him start shining now, and he's got a great opportunity to to prove himself now. Especially well, it, with it, the first three games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you, you talk about if, if Vokalek is injured for more than just a few first few games, like – and Austin Allen's the guy, and you're not planning on running a lot of two tight end sets. Like, if you need Hickman to come in for 20 plays in a game to, you know, relieve um, Austin Allen, like, I, I think we all feel very comfortable with that situation. I just think you really, you want Travis Volk, like, when it comes time for Northwestern and Michigan. Like, you want, that. that's that's a horse you want in the, the, the clubhouse. Like, that that's something you want. So one of the things that Scott Frost has uh, said... You know, headed in this year, they want to make uh, the tight ends. They want to get them more involved in the game plan, and you know, the way that they're recruiting makes you think that that is what they truly intend to do. But he's been saying that since he's been here, and they're not really part of the game plan on Saturdays. Maybe in practice, but on Saturdays, is that finally going to change, Tyler? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I don't know if we're going to start seeing two tight end sets. I, I, I don't think that's coming. But do I think that we have a shot for like Austin Allen to go plus five hundred yards in wide re- in receiving? I, I definitely do. Austin Allen just by himself five hundred yards. I, 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 again, I think so. I mean, again, wow. remember, I'm the guy who thinks that Adrian could go for over three thousand, and I don't think we have an eight hundred yard wide receiver. So the yards got to go somewhere. And I think Austin Allen is a very big candidate for those yards. Uh, Derek, final words on tight ends? You know, uh, yeah, I, I think where you got to get him more involved than anything is in the in the red zone. Like, that's where we're struggling. 
And our passing is terrible in the red zone. Start getting it to the six nine, six six guys. Like, there's no reason not to be throwing to these guys. But that's I, I think I think it's a great 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 room, great room. All right. Well, let's move on to the offensive line final unit on the offense, and got to turn this over to our offensive line stud there, Tyler. Tell us. You know, I, so so obviously we lost Brendan Hymas and Matt Farniak last year. I mean, those are two guys that got drafted in the NFL. And 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 I, I might be crazy, but I don't think our offensive line is going to fall. I think I, I don't know if it's going to take a giant step forward. Um, but but I I'm pretty optimistic. I I love what Cam Jurgens has been. I I do think he's getting his snaps figured out really in his fourth year at center. His fourth year, right, Derek? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he's getting those snaps. You're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, you're like, how many years? Is it fourth? God, I can't remember. If he's, he wasn't. Is it uh, third? So he came in in 2018. He redshirted. So he started practicing. At, yeah. He stayed at tight end, but was kind of moved over to center that year. So really, he was our starting. He was a yeah. He was our starting center in 19 and 20. So yeah, this so, be his third year starting. So really, third year. I think he's. I think he is getting it figured out. I think that's a big thing. I really do like Brett Bryce Benhart. I mean, that dude is a big mf'er. Like, a guy is. I mean, he's big. I. I don't know. I. I think this offensive line is going. I think they'll they'll be good. I think they'll be. They're not going to be one of the top five in the Big Ten, but I think they'll be average offensive line in the Big Ten and sufficient to do what Nebraska needs them to do this year. I, I like most of the starting line. Like Turner Corker and man, that guy is going to be a beast. Now. Is he going to make some mistakes this year? Probably as a freshman. But that kid's going to end up being a beast by the time it's all said and done. And you keep this line together for a few more years, it will be top five easily, I think. Uh, I even like Ethan Piper. Like I think that guy does a lot of good blocking. He, he, he made a lot of stupid mistakes last year and got us a lot of a lot of false start penalties, I think is where he kind of hurt us the most. Uh but where, where I where I'm really starting to really love this offensive line truly is the depth. You got uh, Nuridin Nuili. I can't ever say his name right. You know Ezra Miller, Trent Hickson, who who was a starter at one point. Brock Bando. There's a there's a lot of depth on this offensive line that we didn't have before. Just wait for right. me. <laughs> I guess. No, I like the I like the offensive line. I think they might take a step back from last year, a little bit replacing two NFL guys. Um, so young, the inexperience. That's what scares me about this. Uh, they they should be fine, but I, I don't think they're going to be as good as next year. Now the ceiling, I think the ceiling in a couple of years, it's going to be awesome. I think I think they're going to be outstanding, but they're not they're not going to be there yet this year. 2022. No, I, I, I think 2022 is the year. I think I think that is the year we get to that top five offensive line in the Big Ten. Yeah. And again, I, like I think we all agree with that that we're not going to be a great offensive line, but we'll still be good. I think. Like Turner, like I said, Turner Corcoran as long as he's not making a lot of freshman mistakes is going to be a beast. Bryce Benhart is kind of already on his way to being a beast, but he had, he needs to clean up from last year. Like he had a lot of holding penalties last year. 
Yeah. Freshman mistake. It's that youth. It's a freshman I mean, mistake. And it takes time. It takes time for those guys to. Uh, but, you, but you expect Ben Hart to get better this year. Like, so now I expect to see Turner Corcoran maybe getting some of those holding penalties instead look, of Ben Hart. Hey, Matt Farniak, he was making a lot of bonehead plays also his senior year, and he still played in the NFL. He still made it to the NFL. True. Uh, I mean, it, it's tough I mean, to clean up. I, I, another one I, did, I forgot to mention was Brant Banks. Like, I mean, I, I mean, just just the depth is going to be. You, you can see where they're going with this offensive line, and it's it's getting better. Big dudes, big dudes. All right, let's talk about defensive line here. Uh, defensive line, a lot of good dudes there. A lot of good dudes. Uh, Derek, this one's yours. All right, yeah, oh, man, I'm so excited for this group. I mean. Man, this, this is the this is the year I think you could run four defensive linemen in there at any given time, and it, especially on run situations. Man, you got Ty Robinson, Ben Stilley, Damian Daniels, and that's that's just your prob your most likely starters. But damn, you got Casey Rogers and DeAndre Thomas seems to be making a big name for himself this 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 fall. And it's not the first time we've talked about DeAndre Thomas. I know he battled injuries last year, but. Uh, Man, he's, he seems to really be doing some good things. And we already talked about this other guy that blew up Gabe Irvin and made him fumble. But yeah. Jordan Riley is just a beast out there. And he's cut down from like 330 down to I, – I don't know what they said he's down to, but he, they showed a picture of him. He looks like solid muscle. There's not an ounce of fat on that guy. So, I, I again, this is a group that uh, – I hate to say I hate to call him relatively young because Ty Robinson's still relatively young, but Ben Stilley's a six year senior. Damian Daniels has been around for quite a while now, so you're, you're you get to the point where you got to start expecting more out of this defensive line. I think. Well, I think there's going to be a common theme here as we talk about the defense. You know, you heard Shenander say that you know we're a legitimate too deep at every position on the defense. And as you look through the roster, I mean, I feel good about every position uh, in the two deep across the board. I mean, especially a defensive line. I mean, there's like eight dudes that you could that you feel comfortable like getting into the rotation and not having much of a drop off. I mean, it, this is impressive. I don't know what the ceiling is this year. Uh, we were what a top sixty. Were we top fifty defense last year, Tyler? Total defense? Do you do you have that in front of you? I, I don't have that handy. Um, so I, I we'll, we'll get that up there. But by I mean, the time you come back to me, do you, I think? Uh, I mean, what is our ceiling here overall on this defense? Is it a top thirty defense? Top twenty? I, I I don't know. I mean, it's I feel I, really I li- good. I would about like it. the ceiling. I would like to think the ceiling's top twenty. I really would. Uh, there's so many studs on this defense, it, and and if if what Shenander is saying that we're too deep at almost every position, or basically at every position, then man, there, there's no reason not to think that you can't get there. The the only positions that it sounds like they're not going to rotate a ton is is defensive backs, yeah. and and that's just because they're they're doing all the play calling. They're you know they're they're the ones doing most of communication. So. Uh, yeah, it's very promising when your defensive coordinator is talking about the backups being as good as they are. 
Yeah, we, we were and we were fiftieth total defense last year. 50? Okay. Um so I mean, yeah, we, we definitely top, I think top twenty is realistic. I, I again I, I, I think this is the best defense we're gonna see since that early bow defenses. And when you talk about the strength of this defense, we'll get the secondary, and that's probably my number one, but that's really because of one guy that kind of elevates that whole core. This defensive line is right behind it. Um you know, another name that you didn't ma- mention was Nash Hutchmaker. Um, yes. And the polar bear. I mean, you really think that he could come in? I mean, th- there are guys in this defensive front that can come in and play. You know, last year, Nebraska did something unique that probably wasn't publicized a lot, is we went two down linemen on defense sometimes. I really don't think they're going to do that this year. I-, I-, I really think this is a year they're going to be like, why would we not have three to four defensive probably three in most of these cases they're going to be able to rotate keep them fresh throughout the games i mean th- this is this is going to cause problems for most of the big 10 i mean you- you'll see the iowa's the wisconsin's ohio states probably will do you know win those battles but outside of those three teams may- maybe minnesota is a pretty even battle but like there's not going to be a lot of teams that beat this defensive line uh, i want to go back to this whole top 20 defense I just want to, to me, where this is, so this is going to stem back to the offense. Can the offense stay on the field long enough to keep the defense fresh a little bit? That that's where it's going to take that to become a top twenty defense. I mean, I think the defense is skilled enough to be a top twenty defense, but if they're on the field thirty five minutes a game, it ain't happening. So, I I see where you're coming from, but I think this is one of those rare years where. I think the depth is so good on the defense where, you know, shoot, we can have a quality rotation there. So if they do have to stay out for an extended period of time, I think they have the bodies to endure a sure, full game. Sure, sure, in a, in a game or two. But I'm talking average overall season. Well, like, yeah. It's, it's hard to sustain that every game. And if our, if our offense looks anything like it did last year, it's not going to be good for that defense. No, and, they're going to wear out by season's end. Yeah, I mean that that is that is the concern right there. But we're I think we're all optimistic that our offense is going to be significantly better than last year. Oh, absolutely! Well, I, and, I I and, truly believe they will be. And, and and Derek, let me and everything you said, I agree with. And actually, everything you said, Justin, I agree with you. I think the depth makes it there. I will just say this about the total defense. I think one of the things this defense will be better at is turnovers. And and I know it's easy to blame the offense for them being on the field. The defense needed to find ways to get off the field in third down. I mean, there was a lot of games on third down they oh, give I, up a play, a lot of not turnovers. I don't think this defense is going to fall into those traps. I think they're going to find their own ways to make these plays. I mean. And, and here's the thing. Like, we played, what, eight games last year, I believe. Yeah. And I think they said in the last four or five games, I can't remember which it was, Nebraska ranked first in third down conversion defensively. But early. we ranked like we ranked like dead last in the first three or four games. So I mean, if we could get, do what we did that uh, second half of the season and get off the damn field, and, and like you said, we got to create turnovers. We we need to find some interceptions. I, we need somebody to start fumbling the ball I, on, on 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 somebody else's team other than ours. <laughs> no doubt. For once, All right, let's move on to the linebackers. That's going to be led by the stud, JoJo Doman. Uh, Tyler, what, what do you like about this squad here? I mean, well, I think what I got to start with JoJo. JoJo's 
as unique of a player as there is in college football. And I know we talk, you know, big, you know, hyperboles a lot, and I probably am as guilty as anyone. But what you like about JoJo is it, you don't have to bring in a nickelback, right, Justin? Like, yeah. you can sit there and say, you can put JoJo, you can keep in this linebackers, and in the Big Ten, that's an advantage to be able to play a linebacker at nickel. Like, that, that helps with run support. That's great. But outside of him, I, I mean, you look at guys like uh, Luke Reimers, uh, um, Nick Heinrich, uh, Payne, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget names Darius here. But, uh, Payne, that's Derek's boy Darius right Payne, there. Derek's guy. Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner. I mean, you, you are very deep, especially at that outside core. Um, you know, I, I think that this is a good group. I think it's a really good group. It's going to get overshadowed by the secondary and defensive line, but it is a really good group led by JoJo Doman, who is as good a college football player as there is. And that dude, you listen to him talk, he wants this. Like he's ready to run over some dudes this year. Can could he be Nebraska's first All American in years? Is, I, I mean, it, can, I, is is he our best defender? Do you think JoJo's our best defender, or is it going to be Cam Taylor Britt? Uh, I I think I think based on the position, I, I think there's a lot more uh, cornerbacks in the nation that probably rate a little bit higher than Cam Taylor Britt. Cam Taylor Britt is a stud. He might be our best guy, but Jojo Doman at his position, he might be he might be up there, man. Both well, shit, both of them could be uh, they're they're our best candidates for All-Americans, right? Hands down. Like do you do you feel like you have to go back to like Randy Gregory to see a defensive player like you see with JoJo Doman or Cam Taylor? Like you have to go back. Like I don't think Mike Riley had a guy like this. No, like no, I mean, Mate Gary is probably the best defender in the Riley era, and I don't think he was these guys. Like no, I I, I think that you know, and and you see the experience and you see the depth really come into play. And again, you hit that earlier, and we can just beat that over the horse. But if you're listening as Husker fans, like. This is not the Scott Frost team you signed up for. Like when he got here, you thought we were going to see offense and offense, and this is like and a piss poor defense. And it was like, okay, well, we'll accept that because we're going to outscore everybody. <laughs> but th- this has turned into, and I and I think Frost realizes. I really do. I think he's smart enough to realize that. Yeah, uh, Derek, do you have anything to add with uh, linebackers here? Uh, not really. I, I'm excited for him. I think there's a lot of really good linebackers in there, but uh, one name that we didn't bring up, but the coaches have been bringing up a little bit is Garrett Snodgrass. I think he's a fringe guy that he could make his mark. I think he's uh he's probably due. You know, he's in Nick Henrik's class there. Uh, you know, Jackson Hanna. He's been on the show one or two times. He's a Husker Cubs cast favorite. I hope he has a good year. Uh, but, God, there's a lot of talent at that linebackers. And it's like it, it's really funny because we haven't been saying that there's a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball in years, really. It's been a long time. And this is the first time uh, for a pessimist like me for the season. I mean, when when I take a look at this defense, it really gets me excited because, I mean, maybe this this could be the difference. So it's like, hey, can we get seven or eight games, nine games? Where are where 
what is our goal or not we know what our goal is but what is our ceiling there and it's going to ride on this defense so finally we got to talk about the the defensive backs led by cam taylor Britt, who's a stud uh derek what do you have to say about defensive backs here man i i tell you this, this has got to be one of the most experienced defensive back groups around like we got six-year senior Deontay Williams and Markel Dismute. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt, who came back for junior year, probably didn't have to. Uh, well, didn't have to. And, and it, man, you got Tyreek Johnson. I'm a little intrigued by him because you've seen him in a lot of plays where he's kind of blowing some people up. And I don't know where he is. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's probably going to be a starter, but you wonder if he's a rotational guy. Uh, sounds like uh, Quentin Newsom and... Braxton Clark are pretty much fighting for that other cornerback spot. And it sounds like Quentin Newsom's kind of got the leg up there. Uh, but, shit, you still got Noah Pollock Gates out there. Isaac Gifford, who's been making a name for himself. Uh, Nadab Joseph, who was that, you know, the number one Juco defensive back in the country. I, I know he's been kind of hurt again. Still, I, he hasn't played a lot in the fall, so you wonder kind of where he is but uh and again Travis Fisher is already saying that they're they're the kind of the captains of the of the defense so they're probably not going to rotate those guys as much so but I want to say something about Nadab Joseph and you know I mean I, I guess I didn't pay attention but I noticed uh on, on like Twitter people were talking about early on with all of the hype videos like for the deep throws and stuff uh it seemed like they were kind of mostly going against Nadab Joseph <laughs> on those uh, deep completions, I, I don't know if that's true, but that, that's that's what a lot of people are saying. So that's like, damn it! Well, I, I I know I know they've been saying that uh, Cam Taylor Britt has been kind of taking Omar Manning under his wing and kind of trying to help him out. Which I mean, I, I don't know if he's just trying to make him feel more comfortable at Nebraska or what he what what he is that he's trying to do. Hey, get his he's head right. To be a better receiver, I guess. But. Yeah. I mean, okay, but he, but they say that he, that the two number five has been spending a lot of time together. So so let's just say this: like there, there someone tweeted this out. So it was not me, but like it is a very popular saying: "Iron breeds iron," and, and there's like every iron sharpens iron. Oh my and gosh! I, you, you, and you, I, and I, I laughed so hard at that the other day because there was a tweet in like Maryland, Iowa. Yeah, and I think I think one other team. I can't remember who the other third team was. And they all, within like 10 minutes of each other, all put out a picture of all saying iron sharpens iron. But, but, and it was just so, it's such a cliche. And it's so, it was funny, I guess. No, I mean, it, it really is. It, it is a cliche. But, I mean, I do think in the case of Omar Manning, um, that that could be a big deal for him. I mean, because he is going against one of the best corners. And again, I know majority of our people listening right now are, um, are, are Nebraska fans. But what I will say is, it, you know, we have our friends in the Eyes on Big uh, podcast like that listen from time to time. If you're listening right now, go rewatch Cam Taylor Britt against David Bell. Go watch that matchup. Go watch him against Penn State. Like, like because Cam Taylor Britt, like th- he is somehow criminally underrated at wide receiver or at cornerback. Like he is a premier cornerback in the Big Ten. Uh-huh. And even even Phil still has him as like the top rated uh, specialist cornerback. 
Yeah. And in, in, in all of college football, he's like number nine in all of college football. But I think he's like number one out of the Big Ten. And somehow he's not on his all Big Ten team. No. He, he is criminally underrated there. And, and and the thing about corner about secondary that is probably as intriguing is Derek a name you forgot to mention is Miles Farmer. Um, yes. But but there are we are not going to rotate a lot. This is a position group I don't see a lot of it. Like there will be guys that, Noah Polo Gates may not see the field on defense in a meaningful snap. Um, without you know, an injury with, or targeting, right? With, with without an injury or suspension or anything like that is a possibility and. If he started a game, I would be okay with that. I would feel comfortable with him as a starter. Tyreek Johnson may not see the field a ton. He is a former five star. Like who like I, I that that just goes to the depth of this position group. I don't see it rotating a lot. That 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 one corner outside of Cam Taylor Britt is a little bit intriguing. Like how good is that position going to be? Um, but I think it's going to be good enough that this is this is the unit, and it's led by Cam Taylor Britt and and the sa- the safeties this week and Deontay Williams in particular. Justin, I know you're not a Deontay fan. Like just remember, last year is Deontay Williams' really first season. He has started Division One seven games. Yeah, I mean, think about that. The, the guy has not. This is not a like he's a you know he's a senior, but he has not played a ton of minutes in. He is only going to get better as he gets more experience in the field. I want to say something about Tyreek Johnson because when he transferred, you know, like I, I wasn't kind of a, I wasn't a real believer when he was coming from Ohio State to Nebraska. It just, at the time, it just didn't make sense why he would choose that. But uh, I, I got to say, man, I, I am going to backtrack on this. You know, the, the more things that uh, uh, Travis Fisher is saying, bringing him up. Uh, I think he's going to find his way in the rotation this year sooner than later this year. I think uh, I am a, now a buyer of Tyreek Johnson's stock. Uh, and the best part is we're going to have him for a couple years after this too. Uh, so, I mean, I think that we're going to be in some, we're going to be in great shape down the road. And, you know, oh, yeah. I, I don't know what kind Wait, of impact he'll you, have, but I think he's going to have his opportunities. You look forward to uh, uh, Tyreek Johnson, Quentin Newsom, Noah Pulla Gates all on the field at the same time. Like, I, it gets me excited. I sure. I, I know Noah Pulla Gates hasn't proven a lot yet, but that guy was a high high four star recruit. Like his athletic ability didn't just go away. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we move on to our Husker uh, predictions here, uh, well, record predictions. I, we got to talk about special teams a little bit. I think in in all of this, with the offense, the offensive weapons, the returners on defense, it all sounds rosy. But man, special teams, I'm still not feeling it here for special teams. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, are you guys liking what we uh, we might be putting on the field in 21? Derek? I, oh, go shit. Go ahead, Tyler. I, I do. I mean, I like the fact that I'm hearing that you're going to see starters in, on special teams. I don't know if that's wise. I, I, I really don't know what I think about that in the grand scheme of the season. Like, 
God forbid Deontay Williams or Marquette Dismute goes down with an injury on special teams. But we've talked about the depth. We feel comfortable with that. I'm guessing the coaches are seeing the same thing. Like I, I, I gotta believe you put De- you know Deontay Williams on special teams. Like he is going to make a play. I, 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 I look forward to seeing him as a gunner. Derek, I, I, I'm excited to see what they do. My, my only concerns with the special teams were kind of the same concerns from last year. I don't think special teams was quite the dumpster fire. I mean, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. But there was really two, three areas of concerns. And it was kickoff coverage and not being able to kick t- uh, touchbacks. So that, that's got to get better. And then punt return coverage. Like, and punting needs to get better, I guess. Uh, I, that sounds like Daniel Cerny's doing a really good job with it. I know there's still a little bit of uh, Is it? battle going on for punter. Uh, there's still a big battle going on for kickoffs. So no one knows who's going to do that. Yeah, do we have a guy we, that's going to be able to get us some touchbacks this we year? Got, we got to be able to get a guy that's going to get us some touchbacks. Uh, it's just it's just got to happen. Uh, they, these little pooch kicks that are going, that you're trying to keep it away from their uh, their returners. Are, are It's not working. Like, you can't keep doing that. We're giving them the ball at the 35-yard line because we don't want to kick it deep. Like, that can't be the case. So either coverage needs to get better or you need to start kicking touchbacks better. Now, I don't know which one needs to happen, but our field goals kicker was good. Like, I mean... And and then I, I thought our punt returns were good. Like, hell, Cam Taylor Britt, I think, was, I believe, like top five last year in punt return average in, in the country. And I, he didn't return it a ton. But it sounds like this year he's probably going to be our main returner. So, as long as he can hold on to the ball and not muff the punts, I guess. That was his probably biggest deal last year. But I think that only happened once or twice. Uh, but, but yeah, there definitely needs to be a drastic Im- I- improvement there. But I, but I think it was still better than 2019, where it just we didn't have a field goal kicker, we didn't have a punter. Like it was just bad. It was all bad. Around. <laughs> so I do I do think it got a lot better last year, just not good enough. Yeah. Uh... Tyler, anything else you want to add to special teams? No? All right, let's uh, get into our Husker uh, predictions. So last week we talked about the Big Ten. We talked about the West and the East. Uh, We came down with the records. We left out Nebraska. Well, we're going to get into Nebraska tonight. We're going to talk about their schedule just a little bit, wins and losses. And then we're also going to tell you uh, on... how we have the West and East finishing in the Big Ten. So uh, who wants to start it off talking about Nebraska here? Derek, thanks for volunteering. Sure. Uh, so so what do you want? Just my prediction of the final season here? Yeah, for Nebraska, then talk about uh, which uh, wins and losses that you have, if you have any uh, I, losses. I have, Nebraska, I have Nebraska going eight and four. I'm going six and three in a Big Ten. I don't. I don't think we got much of a shot at beating Oklahoma at Oklahoma. Uh, but I, I think the front, the start of the year, I think we beat Illinois. I think we beat Fordham, Buffalo. I, I think we beat Michigan State. I think that's a tough game. I think. I think it's a game that 
a lot of people think we can trip up on. But I, I think we beat them. I think we find a way to, to close that game out. I think we beat Northwestern. And I honestly think we beat Michigan. Let, let me tell you, I, people are going to scoff at me for this one. But here's the reason I think we beat Michigan. Michigan's going to be coming off a road game at Wisconsin where I think they're probably going to get beat up pretty hard. And then they're going to take a second road trip in a, in, in a matter of two weeks coming to Nebraska. And Nebraska's going to be, in my opinion, 5-1. and one. So we're going to have a lot of momentum going for us. Uh, so I think we find a way to beat Michigan. Uh, I do think we trip up against Minnesota, though, the following week. I don't think we can beat Ohio State, and I till we start beating Wisconsin, I'm not going to ever predict us to beat Wisconsin. Uh, we, I, I Purdue, I think we have to win. I think that's a must-win game for Scott Frost, and I, I, I think personally, I think he finds a way to beat Iowa this year. Okay, so that gives us eight and four on the season, six and three in the Big Ten. Tyler. I got a seven and five. Um, you know, I, I will say this about this team. Like, I think that you're not, this is going to be a not great offense. I, an early prediction, we're going to be talking a lot this season about what's wrong with this offense. I think this offense will, you know, it's it just, I just don't think it's going to be explosive. Um, but I, but I think we start off the year and we go three and zero. I think we 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 beat Illinois, a probably a closer game than some people would like to see. Um, and then we go against we beat Fordham and that and then um, Buffalo. I, I do think we lose against Oklahoma. I do think our offense begins to find our stride around that point. It starts to get a little bit better. Um, I with you, Derek. I do think we beat Michigan State. Um, we do beat Northwestern as well. Um, and then I think we lose back-to-back games against Michigan and Minnesota. Um, the Minnesota game is a really tough game for me. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I think we could beat Minnesota. I just think that them coming off of a bye game, um, us have playing seven weeks in a row, I, I, I do think you begin to see a little bit of fatigue in Nebraska, and I think Minnesota's offense just just finds a way to beat it, and that will be a off-season topic for sure. Um, and then I think we uh, go, we win against Purdue, lose against Ohio State, and then Wisconsin. Um, even though I do think we give Wisconsin the toughest run uh, under Scott Frost, I think we really do challenge them this year. And I think we beat Iowa to end the year. Um, I think we play with a little bit more desperation in home in Memorial Stadium, Black Friday. I, I think that our defense finds a way I to just really hold them. Like I've already predicted my score. I've got Nebraska winning against Iowa 16 to 14. Like I think that we find <laughs> wow. a way like to to find a way to beat Iowa late in the year. Um and yeah, I I, I think we go seven to five. All right. Well, I think uh, we should have started off with me and left off or had Derek last because he's the most optimistic of us three. I have us going six and six this year. And I have the same record as you, Tyler, except for Iowa. I think we drop Iowa. So, I mean, uh, I, I see Nebraska starting off at 5-1, and one, uh, winning against Purdue, and then losing the last three, going 6-6. Six and six. But I, I do have to say, guys, you know, when, when I did this, it was uh, a week and a half ago, I guess it was. A little over a week ago, whenever we did our last episode. 
But the more I'm hit hearing out of practice, I am get buying into a little bit more Kool-Aid. Uh, I think that happens this time every year when football season comes around. You know, I get a little bit more optimistic. And when I hear some of the coaches say some of the things that they are saying, because I think they're saying all the right things. And I'm usually the most critical of like the coach speak stuff. Uh, I think you guys kind of say that I am, but I, I'm not really thinking that it's like coach speak stuff. I'm like really buying into it. So I would not be shocked if we get eight wins this year. And that's something that me, goddamn, I want to see. I think we all need to see. Uh, so I, I kind of feel bad about putting six and six on my sheet here because a week later I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic than six wins. I think we can get seven. The problem is I just don't know where that game will come from. Uh, I want to say that we're going to surprise somebody. Uh, maybe it, maybe it is Iowa. I mean, of all the teams, I would like to see Iowa, but, uh, Minnesota? I don't know. Iowa or Minnesota? Which one? Which team would you rather win? I, don't don't count out Michigan. I'm telling you. I I I, I mean FPI even has that game. You're right. You're close. right. I I, I and coming off of that Wisconsin game, I just I just don't know where the headset where the where the mindset's going to be for Michigan because it's very possible by the time Michigan comes here, they've already got two losses on their record. Right. I mean, they they got Washington. They could lose. They got. I I don't think they're going to beat uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I just and, and Tyler, I'll, I'll say this: I disagree with you on our offense. I think our offense maybe struggles against Illinois a little bit, though. I I struggle to even believe that because Adrian Martinez has just tore up Illinois in the past, and I. I don't see how he, how they just suddenly figure out how to stop him. Well, especially for me and Derek's sake, we got fifty bucks on Nebraska at minus seven, so we <laughs> we and, need to see that. And, and, and then you're going to have Fordham, where you're just going to get it's just a tune up game anyway. So I expect our offense to be a little explosive in that game. Granted, it's against way lesser talent. Same with Buffalo, but I think that boosts the confidence level. And I mean, yeah, we probably struggle. It, our offense may struggle against Oklahoma, but. I just I don't I don't know I I just I, I think I think our offense will be more explosive than you think they will be. I again it's not that I think our offense is going to be the worst. I mean I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be very comparable to last year's offense, and I know that's not encouraging. I think it'll look a lot different. Um, but but what I will say is I it's not even necessarily the early games that worry me, but we do play some tough defenses, and when you get to that heart of the Big Ten, like I know like with the exception of Minnesota, like. Like there, there's just a lot. Well, even even Michigan, like their defense wasn't good the last couple of years. I I I think the I think we will we will struggle there there. But I do think the the thing that gives me optimism, like when I look at this offense, like I think when it comes to the end of the season, like I think last year we had a hard time getting to that forty point mark. I do see you see. I do think you'll see Nebraska get there a couple times a year this season. I do think you'll see that. Like, we will put some good offensive games together. I think we will be a lot more balanced than we've been in the past. I I just, I, I think I, this I, is I a think, defense. I think this I is think, a defense. I think, we will average, I think we will average over 40 points out of those first three games. Disagree. But um, 
really disagree there. But that would be great to see. I would love to see that. I mean, for, Fordham's um, gonna, we're going to pad some stats there with Fordham, I think. Yeah, but how? Who knows what we do if we pull our starters mid third quarter? I mean, will I mean, do we put up sixty points or fifty points or upper four? Like, how high do we get there? If we don't hit fifty, I mean, God, got to hit fifty, right? Uh, I, I think you need to hit. I think you need to hit close to at least close to fifty, forty nine or fifty against uh, Fordham and Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I would love again. I would love to see it. Um, again, I'm very high. Like I wanted to go eight and four. Minnesota was really that swing game for me because, like, I in my heart, like I think we beat Minnesota, but my brain just says, "God, we're we're, we're going to lose a game that I think we're going to win." And Minnesota, the timing of that really does scare me. We just we just don't play well in Minneapolis. We we haven't we haven't especially under Frost. I again to me this season comes down to running back. Like like the, the key of this season is how good do we get at that position? Adrian is going to be good and Adrian's health obviously, but Adrian's going to be good. I think our wide receivers are deep. Our tight ends are elite. Our offensive line is average. Like if our running backs are good. Or like that—that's—that's that's this. The defense is there. That's the barometer this year. How good is running backs? Is it close? Because no one is great. No one is special. Or is it close? Because we're really, really deep, and it's good depth. And then that's the question. None of us have the answer to. Right. Do we have time to uh, give our Big Ten East and West standings, or should we push it to next week? I can. Let's do it. Let's do it right let's now. Just- all right, well, I'll uh, take the lead here for the West. I have Wisconsin winning the West, followed by Iowa at number two, Minnesota at number three, Nebraska at number four, Northwestern five, Purdue six, and Illinois seven. Derek, your West is? I have uh, Wisconsin first. I have Nebraska second since they have the tiebreaker against Iowa, though I do have Iowa with an overall better record. Uh, then I have Iowa. Then I have Minnesota. Uh, then I have Northwestern, Purdue, and then Illinois. Tyler? Uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, uh, Minnesota over Northwestern. I both had them six wins, but I have Minnesota beating Northwestern, um, Purdue, and then Illinois. All right. For the East, I have Ohio State easy at number one, Penn State at two. I have Michigan at three, Indiana four, and Ruggers at five, Maryland six, and finally Michigan State at seven. Derek? I have Ohio State, Penn State, Indiana, Michigan, uh, I have them tied. I have Maryland and Michigan tied, Michigan State tied. I don't remember who I had, who beaten who. And then I had Rutgers last. Tyler? I am shocked that we didn't have the same division in any of these. Uh, but I got Ohio State, Penn State, Indiana, Michigan. Rutgers in Michigan State, I have the same record. But I have uh, Rutgers beating Michigan State. And then Maryland at the rear. Wow. Yeah, we disagreed on all, on all of them, I guess. Wow. Well, this is fun. Uh, I know that... 
by week six, we we're all going to throw these uh, away because we were way off. Not me. The only thing I'm throwing away is we're we're probably going to beat Michigan and Minnesota. We're, I, I, I'm starting to, if I didn't write it down, I probably would have had us nine and three tonight. So it's a good thing I did mine a couple weeks ago. You didn't drink I mean, enough it, bourbon while you were putting your. Uh... I, I I needed a Manhattan. I needed a little bit of a red coloring in it. Go uh, get a little cherry shine. But yeah, no, it's uh, I, I, I guys, I. I guess my I want to ask you one last question. I know we've got a couple weeks to talk about this, but do you think this is Scott Frost's best team? Hands down. I, I do. Hands down. I, I, this is by far the best receivers he's had. Granted, I mean, I, I know they're unproven, but as far as depth goes, I think it's the best wide receivers we've had. Again, we talked about O-line depth. I, I know it may not be the best O-line we've had to this point, but the depth, I think, is the best it's had we, that we've had. Uh, Adrian is Adrian. Running backs. I, 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 guys, I'm excited the fact that we have this many running backs who are potentially pushing for a start. Like, I, I, I'm hoping one of them actually does push forward and becomes a true starter and a bell, little more of a bell cow. But yeah, love the competition. But I love the competition. Love it. And and defensively, we've we've said it time and time again. This is by far the best defense Scott Frost has had, probably ever. I mean, Tyler, you mentioned that. Uh, so so yeah, this is definitely the best team he's had. Connor Culp is a returning All Big Ten first team All Big Ten kicker. So yeah, I, I think this is by far his best team. Well, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll be back here next week. You know, we're going to hear a lot more out of this team, and I'm sure our opinions will change on the roster for sure. Uh, but uh, let's get out of here. Anything else to add, guys? No? Nope. All right. Well, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. On behalf of Derek and Tanner, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.